0: Hello all, and welcome to Sweating the Small Stuff, a show where we sweat over the details that make our world richer. I'm your personal brain trainer, Cameron Boozard-Jamari, and today I am joined by...
1: Your personal mind fiend, Keon Boozard-Jamari, who's really sick. (laughs) Sounds (laughs) like your mind is fiending against you. (laughs) Yes. Come with me while I weave this web of terrible... Dude, I'm on a fever dream. I don't even know what to tell you. (laughs) I've been a mess on every podcast I've been on this week. You're not even here right now, are you? I'm, dude, I, oh man, Keon has left the building probably three days ago.
0: You're just like in a gutter somewhere talking into a cardboard box. (laughs) Yeah, guys, how's it going? Welcome to Wyatt Podcast. (laughs)
1: This, (laughs) This entire thing is all in my head, exactly. All
0: right, so as always, we are happy to have you on because we just get the most fun interactions. And right now, today, you have brought to our doorstep, to the Sweating the Small Stuff doorstep, a incredibly easy to overlook, incredibly beautiful thing to investigate moment from into the Spider-Verse. Would you care to regale us?
1: Yes. I. So as people probably don't know, I am a licensed certified drone pilot and I fly professionally for a bunch of people. And this relates to, and I'm pretty sure okay, so this is perfect because I'm pretty sure it's a Mandela effect thing. Because people don't remember this from the movie. They're just like, that didn't happen in the movie. I'm like, no, it did. And it's even more appropriate because this is about Spider-Man enter the Spideyverse. So apparently there's another universe in our universe where this happened in the movie, and a bunch of people think that it didn't happen in the movie. And I'm here to tell you that it did. And what did happen in Spider Man Enter the Spideyverse is that both the prime material uh like the prime material plane, yes. Yes, prime material plane, uh, Peter Parker, as well as Miles Morales say during their opening montages about like, hey, I'm just Spider-Man, whatever. They're like kind of origin story. Hey, I'm this is me fighting crime uh, parts. They both repeat that they're like, oh, yeah, I sling webs, fight crime, got hit in the head with a drone, this and that completely throwaway line. Mm-hmm. The, that, the amount of time it just told, it took me to say it is exactly how much airtime it got in the movie. And guess what? Guess what? Everyone listening at home. That means that these movies cannot take place in our current universe by any stretch of the imagination. I don't even care that there's other, there's people that are just like, oh yeah, the first Spider-Man, the one with the blonde hair, he was in our universe because of these reasons and this and that, and they've been broken it down. (laughs) I'm here to tell you that they're all wrong. They're all lying to you because they don't know drone laws.
0: I'm pretty sure that they're all lying to you because I've been to New York City multiple times and not once have I seen your friendly neighborhood anything. That's, I don't think there's anything friendly I, in any part it, of New
1: York. I think you've seen your rip-off neighborhood Spider-Man in Times Square. Oh, yeah. It's just some, some large man in a Spider-Man costume getting pictures taken with him.
0: That's the rough <laughs> truth of it, kids. That man isn't actually <laughs> Spider-Man.
1: That's even worse. They're giving more credence. Like, this new Enter the Spider-Verse movie is giving those guys credence because they have dad bod spider Man now. And all those dudes are dad bod Spider-Mans. Oh, dude. So maybe... Oh, God.
0: Maybe it did happen in our universe.
1: Oh. (laughs) So, Cameron, would you like to give me a couple of theories about why this would be wrong? So, my
0: first theory is that Amazon does not have advanced drone technology yet. And so, no one else (laughs) is probably... Going to be flying drones in New York. Uh The second is the gust from the wind. Like, apparently Uh people in New York would always complain about the crazy, like, micro, uh, what's it called? Micro, not climates. Basically, like, the wind (laughs) patterns coming off the buildings are so crazy that, like, it would be impractical to even fly a drone in most of New York just because it would just Uh get whipped up and smashed against buildings. Yeah. And my last one is all the drones in New York are just pigeons. (laughs) <laughs> that's my best theory.
1: <laughs> there are biological drones. we've done it. Yes. We've, we can rebuild them. Actually, if you uh, wanted
0: to dip into that, apparently MIT just reported they built the first robot. In this case, it was a aquatic robot that uses nothing but what's known as soft materials. so there's no actual hard plastics or metal in it. There's not even like a oh semiconductor. Yeah, okay, that was a whole.
1: Uh, we could do a separate episode about that, I promise. but for right now, oh, we will. Oh no, that's frightening. That reminds me of uh better off Ted. God, mm. I love that show. Uh, save, better, hashtag save better off Ted. Um, but yes, I, I also appreciate that you described uh New York City as zootopia for a little bit, mm-hmm. but the pocket climates, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, you are not wrong. And the uh, those were very good guesses, and they're all completely on base because, and this is spoiler alert. You're not allowed to fly a drone in New York City. By no means are you allowed to fly a drone in New York City. I know this firsthand because I tried to fly a drone (laughs) in New York City. And they shot it out of the sky. With a gun. Exactly. Yeah. And they pulled me aside and they were just like, that was very bad. Now here's your little pieces of drone. Now hop along. Yeah, no, <laughs> I tried to... <laughs> I actually met with a drone professional in uh, New York City and we both had a long chat about like the state of things and how uh, like drone laws are. And it mostly comes down to the controlled airspace. And that's something that people don't understand if they are hobbyists is that number one, right now, if you're going to fly a drone outside... I'm, and I'm literally wagging my finger, I'm not even kidding, that if you're going to fly a drone outside, please register it with the FAA. It doesn't matter how big it is. It doesn't matter what what reason you're flying it for. All you need to do is type in FAA Drone Zone, perfect branding, in Google, and there will come up a page that will just let you register your drone. It takes two seconds. Just register it. They will give you a code that says FAA, blah, 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 letters and numbers, and then you just... Literally write that on your drone and you'll be good to go because that allows for safety with everyone. It's like a license plate on your car that, you know, if something bad were to happen to your car, if if anything were to happen, that there is accountability on everyone's end because – The problem that arises is that – and you'll hear it in the news all the time – is people saying, oh, man, this drone was at the airport. Now the airport got shut down. We should have stricter drone laws, this and that, blah, 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 blah. And that's because like nine times out of ten, that's some guy that doesn't – or girl or whoever that just doesn't know drone laws and they didn't know they shouldn't fly there and – That's the problem is the more educated we are about it, the better we can all be good citizens with it and that you – the only two things – if you want to go get your drone license, I'll tell you right now, it has nothing to do with flying a drone. You could be the safest drone pilot and not have your license and it's not by virtue of anything. It's that to get your drone license, all you really need to understand are the laws. That's it that this is how you read a map this is how you this these are the different classifications of airspace and that's what they mean to you as a drone
0: pilot it's just like a driver's license don't drone while drunk
1: yes but you remember the part where you're out and about you know driving your car and they do the driving test Yeah. guess what you don't need to do that for your
0: drone license isn't it isn't that an official pilot's license don't you qualify as a pilot once you get it
1: yes that's the most fun that's the funniest part is that the difference between uh <laughs> that you could be an amazing drone pilot with no license and you are not allowed to make money with your drone but you could be the worst drone pilot in the world and have your license and make a million dollars well not a million dollars but you know that yeah it's just the certification that you know that you're like abiding by the rules that's really what that all of that is and this is so Completely roundabout way to get back to the point that in New York City, it is completely registered airspace. You are not allowed to take up your drone because, like Cameron said, number one, the air patterns are really rough there. And the main reason why there is registered airspace, why there is classified airspace, is that – is trust, honestly. Mm -hmm. That the government doesn't trust that you know what you're doing to fly your drone. Uh, when you don't have your license, they say you're only allowed to go to go up to 400 feet. You're not allowed to fly within uh, five miles of a of an airport, and that's and you're not allowed to fly at night over people or over moving vehicles. Those are the five hard and fast rules. Remember them, write them down, and you're as a hobbyist, go enjoy yourself, go have some fun. But once you get your license, now they're kind of like bendable a little bit. Not the flying over people, moving cars, or flying at night. Those are still hard and fast rules, and there are more rules. But to fly within certain parameters of a of an airport, you can be closer because you can uh, register that, like, you can get a permit that says, hey, I'm going to be flying here. Is that okay? They'll send a copy to the air tower. You call in the air tower, say, hey, I'm this registered pilot. You can look me up in your permit book. And they're like, okay, confirming, cool, have a good flight, super great. Also, that you are allowed to fly higher than 400 feet because you have your license and that you are checking the airspace and that you are in – Class G airspace, that is general use airspace for drone pilots, while class A through uh, D, those ones can be, or and, and E, are like, there's the places you should be really, really attentive of. And all of New York City, I checked, is, or a lot of it, is, um, I think it's class C airspace, I don't particularly remember.
0: Isn't it LaGuardia's airspace?
1: No, no, it's literally just under lockdown because first of all there are some helicopters I think. Uh-huh. Oh, no, no, uh, there's a lot feel-
0: of helicopter traffic. Half those buildings have he- uh helipads.
1: Exactly. That's one thing. And it's really funny that this is this is one of the rules that like after you get your license you're just like, "Ah, oh, man, that's uh, for legal reasons, that's correct, but for practical reasons it's kind of rough." That like when they say, "Oh, this is a helicopter airspace." And you're like, "I'm not going to be flying high enough that I should hit a, a helicopter unless it was like a real emergency." Mm-hmm. That like, uh, it, which is, you know, very necessary that like if there's an emergency with a helicopter, they shouldn't have your silly drone flying around potentially hitting it. Uh, and that like to be aware of that, that right right now, I'm, I'm telling you guys, everybody listening at home, if you want to get your drone permit, like a permit just to fly, even if you are a, ho- a hobbyist, I really recommend that you just tell them the exact circumstances you'll be flying under as well as the exact height that you want to fly up to. Because what a lot of people don't realize is that fifty feet's pretty high. Yeah. It's, like that's you yeah. if
0: you fall from that height, you would not be happy about it. You might not be able <laughs> exactly. to be happy about it.
1: Yeah. So 150 feet is more than enough a lot of the time if you want to go somewhere. And uh that is 150 feet, there is no reason that a helicopter would be interfering with you. There's no reason that a lot of things would be in interference, like you would be interfering with those things. So flying, putting in the permit, I'm only going to be flying to 100 feet. I'm only going to be flying up to 50 feet. Making sure that you go pre-plan what you're going to be doing is crucial. And then that allows for your permit to most likely not be denied, which is a huge problem if you get it denied. And that's the thing, is that it's all about trust with the FAA. They don't trust this new technology because they're all still older people that are like, Dude, the, the world's moving so fast, I don't even understand what's going on. So I just need to take a minute
0: and bring it back to the point that we're we're discussing into the Spider-Verse, right? That's what led to this?
1: Yes, and that's why all of these hacks keep saying, oh, well, that's the this is our universe. No, you're not allowed to fly a drone in, in New York City, gosh dang it, especially when Spider-Man's around. And prime point that if Spider-Man's around, guess what? He's swinging low. Mm-hmm. Like the police probably don't want to interfere with Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So they're probably like, hey, guess what? Uh, now it's enforced even more because you're more likely to hit Spider-Man than a gosh-dang helicopter. Oh, wait. So now this brings up a big question
0: because in Tony Stark's tower in New York City.
1: Yes. Uh, Aren't all
0: of his drones drones? Dude. He has literally been operating like a because that's the weirdest part of it is like every time he builds a drone, does he just have one of his AIs auto put out like uh, a license for him to be able to operate? That drone, because, like, he, he's definitely building stuff way too fast for him to be getting drone licenses appropriately.
1: Oh, yeah. He may be, like, registering them, but probably not, like, there's got to be, the government's got to be working with him. He, I mean, he's a nation unto himself. He's probably doing some crazy stuff that people don't even understand. Mm-hmm. But he's also one of those prime examples that of why the government's, like, you see? You see this thing that's happening unregulated? Mm-hmm. Kind of scary, right? Oh, man, this. There's, like, when you really start
0: looking at any movie franchise, especially any movie franchise that has to do with anyone who is flying, that drone stuff really starts to starts to become an interesting question.
1: Oh, yeah. And so, uh, I don't want to... Are you okay with me spoiling the movie The Circle, Cameron?
0: I don't think anyone would mind you spoiling the movie The yeah. Circle. Yeah. S-
1: yeah, so this movie was kind of not great. The book it's based on is far better, but I mean, both of them are kind of, eh, like they are they have some very interesting concepts, but they kind of, the movie is especially falls flat, and that in the movie, there is, uh, so spoilers right now mm-hmm. for this movie, that there are drones everywhere, there's surveillance everywhere, and they're trying to put cameras in your pocket that monitor everything you do, and then broadcast them to everyone, kind of, you know, a ridiculous like overblown version of modern technology
0: hashtag sharing is caring
1: yes and what happens is that the main character kind of becomes a or uh kind of romantic interest is being uh kind of targeted by everybody and then becomes like the target of kind of paparazzi everybody's going to see like well they had a a breakup or whatever so let's all go like confront him about it oh my god they all Yeah, and so he's a kind of to himself kind of guy. He apparently makes chandeliers out of antlers, and they're just like, that's inhumane. How can you do that when he doesn't actually, he doesn't kill any antelope or Mm -hmm. anything like that? He just gets the antlers. And so they all confront him about that. They kind of storm his house, have a riot. He gets in his car and then tries to leave. He's on a bridge driving down the bridge. And then these drones are following him to survey what he's doing. Huh. One of the drones, for no reason at all, drops low enough to get in front of his car, and then he careens off the road and then unfortunately meets his demise. That's the the biggest part of the, the film is like this crowd going crazy and this becoming an angry mob because of this sensationalized story. That's illegal. In drone laws. Well, it's not illegal when Tom Hanks runs Facebook, Keon. Come on. It Apparently not. I don't know what they did, but literally watching <laughs> that movie, I'm like, this is so dumb. Are you stupid? Because you are not allowed to fly your drone over people, first of all, which they do constantly in the movie. And two, you're not allowed to fly over moving vehicles for this
0: exact reason. No, like you're... You're like the Neil deGrasse Tyson of drone laws. And so to not end this episode on an incredibly depressing note, I've brought you the small (laughs) gift of the internet has some answers for you about the crazy semi weaving history of how we understand drone laws and what we are currently doing about it. So first of all, apparently according to this mental floss article, The idea of homeowners own the the, one of the things that has been going into drone laws is like, how do you control airspace? Well, based Uh on a very old Roman law called quius est solum, est est usc et culum et ad inferos, (laughs) whoever owns Uh the soil, it is theirs up to heaven and down to hell, Uh is saying that the default way to treat. A piece of land is that up until you get to FAA territory, you own that airspace. So if a drone flies over your house, it is based on this law and how we understand it, at least in many um, states in the United States, considered to be on your property. So um, a crazy thing that happened was a city official in Deertail, Colorado, um, with the mayor's, I believe he had the mayor's backing, tried to pass an ordinance where people could um, buy drone hunting licenses that will yeah. <laughs> allow a person to shoot down a drone that is flying yeah. over their property, which is, as you pointed out, not ideal because in any situation where you knock a drone out of the sky, it yeah. is going to land somewhere, and a lot of the times if it's over someone's property, it'll probably land on a person. So, uh-huh. Yeah, that's super dangerous so to combat this without completely undermining a person's like ability to live if they happen to be unfortunate enough to be under this uh different private companies and law enforcement agencies are training birds um i think mostly raptors and eagles to catch basically catch and ground uh drones that Mm -hmm. like and that's the craziest thing is like because you mentioned the call signs and being a responsible drone pilot i'm curious how they train the bird to differentiate between the two so I mean this, but that's it. So yeah. wait, let me just quickly recite my sources. So the first one, um, about the crazy, hang on. Uh, so the first one about the crazy laws, um, coming from that Roman law is from a mental floss article called, do you own the space above your house? And technically that's true uh. until the FAA gets involved. Uh, the T- the deer trail, Colorado one came from an LA times article. Called Colorado Town Shoots Down Drone Hunting Ordinance, but I'm. Uh, private Companies One comes from a. It's called GuardFromAbove.com. This is a organization that is literally training birds of prey to take down drones. Ah, um, so I like that. Now, like the last fun tidbit for you is apparently during the filming of Star Wars Episode 8, they had a problem where people were trying to use drones to spy on the production. And so oh, Disney yeah. had to actually uh, employ drone hunting drones. And, <laughs> oh, no, the article is not turning up. Well, it was from an um, uh, Irish Examiner article, actually, of all things, because I, if I recall, um, the scene where, what's his name, Luke is on the island was filmed yeah. in, uh, near the U.K., Mm -hmm. That was a big problem that they were having. So unfortunately, I can't find the Irish Examiner article, although I just had it, which is very confusing to me. But if I can find it, I'll put it in the show notes. So there you go. A very strange (laughs) patchwork train of how we understand drone laws in their most simplistic form.
1: And yeah, and something that I love is that it is still an emerging thing. Like People don't realize sometimes that drones didn't become really vogue and mainstream until 2014, 2015. And that's when like the new drone laws, which are called the part, part 107 laws. So if you want to go get your license, it'll be a part 107 license. Uh, that's when they kind of were uh, completely solidified. And uh, like even just now, literally January 2019, uh, they, the FAA reached out and said, hey, for drones under point five pounds, they might as well. It should be okay if they fly over people or fly at night because they are less of a threat, if not a threat at all. And... That's where they're coming into their own under – even the people writing these laws are understanding what what they're really saying and what they really mean and – I I just love hearing, well, apparently there's a lawyer in Fort Lauderdale, uh, Florida, and apparently he even, no matter what happens, if there's some sort of, if there's any sort of issue that happens with your drone, he apparently is like, oh, come talk to me. Like, just let's do it together. Because he is an advocate for the progression of drone laws. Even if he loses the case or whatever, he is so well read on it that he's like... I want their. I want this instant incident to become part of the laws instead of it becoming this gray area. And one last thing I wanted to mention. I, I'm pretty sure this was a joke article, but um, I, I loved it nonetheless. Is that apparently in Japan, at some of the prisons, some of the uh, <laughs> some crime families were sending drugs. In and out of prisons with drones. That makes
0: like a hundred percent sense.
1: Over the walls, the apparently the uh, Japanese police caught wind of that and then created uh, or were using drones that had nets attached to fire and catch the other drones. Nice. And the only <laughs> the only statement I saw in the article was like, <laughs> we got a quote from the uh, chi- uh, from the police chief, and he said, "I've never had more fun in my entire life." <laughs> <laughs>
0: you gotta love what you do.
1: it's so good so i mean everybody it's just funny how everything's emerging and i don't know if that was real but like it's funny how everything's emerging and that like even though the situation might be crazy flying a drone's pretty fun
0: and now that you know that we live in the wild west of the drone age and if you want to get into that kind of stuff
1: now would be the time uh yeah
0: i think this is an excellent place to end kian you have anything you want to plug
1: Sure, yeah. I do my own podcast called Life Advice with Keon. It's where, and I've had Cameron on plenty of times because he is a beautiful, beautiful boy. Oh, baby. He's Cameron, Cameron Macaroni. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, I would love it if you guys could give that a shot. It's uh, a little bit more uh, self-motivation and those things, sweating the small stuff as it pertains to us and our lives. Uh, you can find it online at LockCast, LockCast.com, L-A-W-K-C-A-S-T. Uh, as well as any of the social medias at LockCast. I also do a podcast with a couple friends called Why a Podcast. It's a silly goofs and gaffs uh, podcast, not particularly. uh, It's a little informational, but it's more fun. Uh, and you can find me on social media at uh, I have is for my photography. Uh, print 3D LLC is for my 3D printing. And I'm starting recently uh, keonbuzar3 d for my 3D animation. So you can find me all on those. How about you, Cameron?
0: Well, as always, we are sm- uh, Sweating the Small Stuff. And you can find us on social media. That's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Small Stuff Show. And Mm -hmm. you can find us or you can email us at our email with the small stuff that you're sweating at uh, smallstuffshow at gmail.com. And you can find our website, smallstuff.show, on the internet where you can find our latest episodes. You can get in touch with us. And as we have more specific events or anything going on, we'll start doing them there. Ideally, at some point in the future, we'll be able to get some live streams or fun things going on with YouTube, along with... Oh, heck yeah. Ideally, some mini videos to go along with the bigger ideas we like to talk about on these episodes. And if you, for some reason, really just want to listen to us on YouTube, we are starting to push our stuff onto YouTube, so... Yeah, there's lots of ways to get in touch and we really do hope that you'll reach out with The Small Stuff You're Sweating. And if you're liking the show, please share it with a friend, leave a review on iTunes. Keon, thank you so much for being on the show. And this is your and this is your personal brand trainer, Cameron Boozer Jamari reminding you from movies to media to the world around us, it's details like these that make it worth sweating the small stuff.
1: Please go watch the YouTube channel, please great. Cameron's for spending a lot of time on it. It's great.